It's the first Prez Monday check-in. We'll have a chat, but not spill tea. Hey, it's the first Prez Monday check-in. We got the Bible and Greg and me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another edition of the Monday check-in. I'm Damon Jensen-Heitman, one of the pastors, First Presbyterian Church, Hastings, Nebraska, joined by... Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church, on this beautiful October morning that doesn't feel like October at all. (laughs) (laughs) It feels like June. Uh Uh-huh. I took my dog for a walk around the park this morning at 6 a.m., wearing shorts and a t-shirt, and I was sweaty. Mm-hmm. At 6 a.m. This is before the sun was even up. It was already 70 degrees outside. Mm-hmm. Somebody yeah. forgot to tell Nebraska that it's fall and it's October. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's really just a Nebraska thing. Well, that's that's but. my context. <laughs> that's my sits in Lebanon. Yeah, I don't think it's just a Nebraska abnormality. Uh, but, you know. So, yeah. And it's supposed to cool down. It is supposed to cool down, in fact. Uh, yeah. It's still not October weather. Uh, by by Friday night into Saturday. And then, of course, we're supposed to be doing a project outdoors at the church on Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. And there's a frost warning. Yeah. But so, it's going to get down to like 33 on Friday night. Yeah, but it's still supposed to be in the 60s and 70s. During the day. Yeah. yeah it's <laughs> That's September weather. Indeed. And yet here we are. Mm-hmm. So, what's happening on, what is this? What are we doing? I think we're doing the Monday check-in. Oh, okay. Which is what? Uh, it's, it's a time we take every week at the beginning of the week to mm-hmm. talk about the scripture that will be preached on the following Sunday. We, uh, we sometimes ask questions of the text, like the text asks questions of us. And, uh, and have a little conversation, and then we follow that up with a brief time of announcements about what's happening in the life of the church. That sounds familiar to yeah. me. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed during the communion liturgy on Sunday when I just got to ask you questions. Did you really enjoy that? I did. I thought it was kind of fun. It was kind of a fun way to do the invitation at the table. Yeah, it was um, different. I, I stole that. I tried to ask them as though I was like just actually asking a question. Yeah, I, I noticed that. Like it was just performative speech. Yeah. I stole that liturgy from um, the Presbyterian Church General Assembly that was held in St. Louis in 2018. Mm -hmm. Um, And they had children come up to the communion table for the start of the communion liturgy and walk up to the pastors and look up to them and ask those series of questions. Mm -hmm. And it was was obviously staged, but it it was really meaningful to hear the voices of children ask questions and then to have the pastors turn and look at the children and answer those questions as an invitation to the table. Why don't we just do that then? Have children come up and ask us? Yeah. Well, we could. Well, should we do that next time? I think that'd be even more interesting. Um, And also, I think that would be memorable for kids that were there that got to ask the question. Yeah. And then maybe they would re- remember that. You know? Well, yeah. We could 
we could do that in November. In November, the Sunday that we do communion, we're also having a baptism that day, so there's mm-hmm. going to be kids there. Mm-hmm. We could certainly try mm-hmm. that. Speaking of teaching. And children, right? <laughs> Very good segue. Mm-hmm. Do we want to pray first? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, me? Sure. Sure. Why not? What difference does it make? Okay, let's pray. Loving and gracious God, I thank you for the opportunity to gather and to consider your word, what it might mean for not only our own lives, but for the lives of others as well. Grant that your spirit might be with us as we begin to study and examine your word for this week. In your gracious and loving name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah. That whole like question and answer thing is, I do that, it's not uncommon for me to do that as part of the call to worship. Mm-hmm. I really, I like framing it as whoever's leading the call to worship, generally one of the pastors, acting a question of the congregation and the congregation saying, yeah, like, well, yeah, this is, come on, preacher, this is what. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I like that um, giving other people answers to proclaim during the course of a worship service I think is nice to do. So, Well, expect to see that in the call to worship, not this Sunday, but next Sunday, because Damon will be writing the call to worship for that service. And now he's set up an expectation that it's going to be a Q&A session. I don't think that was an expectation. <laughs> we had actually a fair amount of questions and answers uh, at the service on Sunday too, with the sermon as mm-hmm. well. I thought uh, Jessica Miski did a really nice job mm-hmm. connecting her faith. Yeah. And, and it made sense because it was also, eventually we'll get to this coming Sunday, but um, it was also Hastings College Sunday. Mm-hmm. And Hastings College is an educational institution, which is founded on asking questions about things and, and seeking answers. Yes. You know, to think so it would, to me, it would make sense that then you would have a lot of questions and a lot of exploring uh, as part of a worship service for that. But, yeah. So, at any rate, but that was this last Sunday. But this Sunday, we're going to talk Mm -hmm. about children asking questions, and it fits actually really well with uh, what we were just saying about the communion liturgy. So, Mm -hmm. let's let's dig into that. Yeah. So, this is from Deuteronomy, chapter 6. This is verses 1 through 9. And a small bit of context. This is um, God is speaking through Moses uh, to the people, uh, to the Israelites who are still wandering, having been led out of Egypt. This is almost immediately after Moses has received the Ten Commandments from God. Yes. And is presenting them to to the Israelites. Yep. This is this is part of that interaction. Now this is the commandment, the statutes, and the ordinances that the Lord your God charged me to teach you to observe in the land that you are about to cross into and occupy, so that you and your children and your children's children may fear the Lord your God all the days of your life and keep all his decrees and his commandments that I am commanding you, so that your days may be long. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe them diligently, so that it may go well with you, and so that you may multiply greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has promised you. Hear, O Israel, 
The Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children, and talk about them when you are at home, and when you are away, when you lie down, and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand, fix them as an emblem on your forehead, and write them on doorposts of your house and on your gates. That's where that reading pauses. Greg, what do you got? Well, this is uh, an important scripture for us as Christians. It's also a very important scripture for our Jewish sisters and brothers. Um, the Deuteronomy 6.4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, um, is called the Shema. Mm -hmm. um, and it is something that uh, is a key scripture for Judaism um, and where it says, uh, Bind them as a sign in your hand, fix them as an emblem on your forehead, and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates is uh, something that uh, a lot of Jewish people take seriously and actually do. Mm -hmm. um, so in a lot of Jewish homes, you'll see a plaque on the doorframe that uh, that's, will make reference to Deuteronomy 6.4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. It'll either be in Hebrew or in English or something like that. Um, and then when you... If you have, the, is that the lentil? Mm -hmm. Right? Okay. Yep. And then uh, if you have a chance to go to the Wailing Wall, uh, the, the wall in Jerusalem, it's the exterior wall of the old city where people go and pray and they'll write their prayers down and they'll um, stick them into the cracks in the wall, you'll find Orthodox Jewish people are there praying and they actually uh, wrap something around their hands and forearms. And then also um, wear this contraption on their head that has a little tiny box, little box with a little scroll inside. And it's on their, literally worn on their forehead when they are there at the Wailing Wall doing their prayers. So uh, it's an important scripture in Judaism. And it's also a foundational scripture for Christianity. Um, first of all, it's declaring God is God, right? It yeah. makes us a monotheistic religion and we're naming God as God. And then for us, Deuteronomy 6.5, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your might. Hopefully those words ring in our ears as Christians because those are words that Jesus repeats uh, when he's talking uh, about the double love command, when he's challenged and, and he's being questioned, what's the greatest commandment of all? And Jesus mm -hmm. says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your might. And a second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Upon these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Um, so yeah. a lot of really deep, important things here in, in, in some relatively simple, straightforward language, which I think is easy for us to understand and maybe a little harder for us to live out, right? Oh, probably. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's certainly a foundational text. It's easy... Remembering this part is easier than remembering all the Ten Commandments. Right. Right. Um, and that's just the Ten Commandments. That's not all of the statutes and ordinances right. that, that Moses received and passed along to the people. And there's, there's, you know, there's interesting, you know, there's lots of sort of reflections of things going on in here. In verse 4... 
Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Well, that's essentially the first commandment, mm-hmm. right? I, you shall have no other gods before me. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, what does it... You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Keep the words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Love the Lord your God with the entirety of your being is another way of saying it, right? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? <laughs> what does that look like? Right. How does that... Um, okay, I, I love God with everything mm-hmm. that, I, that I am. Okay, and... <laughs> And I'm going to show that by keeping these commandments. Right. Right. Um, and then there's also this generational teaching component to mm-hmm. it as well. And, by not, and not only keeping them in my own living, but also then teaching them to Rec- those who will follow. Yep. Recite them to your children. Talk about them when you are at home, when you are away, when you lie down, when you rise. and. And before that, too, so that you and your children and your children's children may fear the Lord your God all the days of your life and keep all his decrees and commandments. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a generational thing. There's a teaching and learning thing. Um, and there's a foundational thing. There's, it's a lot packed into a relatively short scripture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. Um, and it's all a reflection of this idea of covenant theology mm-hmm. as well. Like, you know, there are multiple times in the Older Testament where God makes a covenant with someone or a group of someones and God, um, you know, essentially is saying, I will be your God and you will be my people. So if we both, and we both are obligated to hold up our end of this mm-hmm. agreement, right? Um, so if the people feel that God is not upholding God's end of that agreement, then they are within their right to complain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and there's plenty of psalms that do that. Yeah. Right? And uh, if the people are not holding up their end of the agreement by not following the commandments, then it, God is within, entirely within God's right to do God things. Yep. Either, either abandon them or to, like, they're not holding up their end of the agreement, so God can walk away from it as yep. well. Right? Yep. Um, and this is a, a reflection of that same sort of theological thinking, right? That, Certainly. Um, you follow my commandments, and I will, I will give you all the days, right? Uh, long, long lives in the land, and, yep. and that sort of thing. But. Yeah, there's also a connection uh, back to the scripture that we read uh, this Sunday, which is Moses' call story. Mm-hmm. So the, God speaks to Moses out of the bush and tells them that he's to go to Pharaoh and, and take his people out of Egypt where they're being oppressed into a land flowing with milk and honey. And so it's a repetition of this phrase about the land flowing with milk and honey. In this case, in Deuteronomy 6.3, um, Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe these diligently so that it may go well with you and so that you may multiply greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey. And so, again, we're, we're getting these through messages, right? Moses is told about the land of milk and honey in his call story. And now God is repeating God's self here uh, to say, you're going to make that land of flowing with milk and honey. And if you observe my ordinances and follow my commandments, if you 
entering to this covenant authentically, mm-hmm. you will multiply and be great, and things mm-hmm. are going to go well for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, and then of course, Jesus picks that up and gets right. you know, and and it gets reflected and carried through into the into the newer testament as well. That's one of the things that I really like about sort of walking through this narrative arc mm-hmm. of the of the older testament is that you see how much everything stacks up on top of what came before it. Or yeah. it's easier to see it. Yeah. Or hopefully. Um or easier to point those sorts of things out that you know even this even verse nine where it's and write write these commandments on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Well, that's also pretty similar to the Passover. Indeed, right? That those where we're marking our doorposts so that so God knows who's in the, who's in this house. Right. Um, and there's also there's going to be reflections of this also after Moses dies and Joshua takes over as the leader of the people of Israel and he gathers everybody together um, and in a well-known bit of scripture says, choose this day whom you will serve. Right. Um, either the gods, either the foreign gods that are in this land that we're about to, ent- you know, that we've entered into or about to enter. I think they've entered into it by that point. Um, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Right. Uh, you choose, right? Right. But once you make that choice, you're in it, and you are obligated um, to to observe it and to continue it. Yeah. Um, and so I I like being able to to see how this all stacks and stacks and stacks and stacks, um, and then also how that all gets echoed into Jesus' ministry and teaching. Right. As well. Yeah, and I think that's the strength of uh, this way that we're reading the Bible this year. That's called the narrative lectionary. Um, I, we've talked a little bit about this, that we switched from this one particular way of picking scripture called the Revised Common Lectionary on this three-year cycle to this new uh, new set of lectionary readings called the Narrative Lectionary. This is something that was published out of Luther Seminary in 2010, and it just it allows us to spend the fall rereading and relearning these foundational stories in the Old Testament that do, as you say, stack and stack and stack and stack and build upon each other. Mm-hmm. Um so that we can sort of be reintroduced to these these foundational building block stories of our faith. Um, and then in the spring, we're going to go deep into a gospel and we'll be able to connect Jesus' life and time and ministry and teachings to some of these foundational stories. So I, uh, I'm pretty excited about this. And we're only, what, about a month into it at this point. Mm-hmm. But um, I've enjoyed... Um, yeah, and digging back into this, these stories, some of which we learned in Sunday school, but haven't revisited a whole lot. Yeah, and even, I think even, like, knowing that, so I'm working with the Compromands again this year, and it's, you know, like, okay, we're, we're going to talk about faith, and what, is it, what do we think it means to have faith in something or to trust in God, and okay, well, let's take a look back, and um, here's a... A psalm, and the psalm is sort of like a condensed version of the history of the Israelite people, right? right? And so it's 
Uh, and when Abraham and Sarah were whatever, they did whatever. And I pause. Okay, who are Abraham and Sarah? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, some... Okay, okay, I have a vague sort of recollection of who Abraham and Sarah were. But we don't... But to be able to put all of these things in like a consistent timeline, yeah, I think is really important. And to be able to see them all, this is all one story, right? Like this, like when we read, what, how many, we have nine verses here. Mm-hmm. Like when we read nine verses on a Sunday morning and lends into this thinking of like this, uh, this segment and this segment and this segment, and they're not necessarily connected mm-hmm. unless they all say Jesus in them, <laughs> then they probably are connected. Right. Um, but to, yeah, to think of this is just just one story that's in different books. Yeah. Um, it's just helpful to be able to, to do so. Yeah, we hope that uh, our loyal listeners, as well as the folks sitting in the pews on Sunday mornings, as well as our kids, because um, our kids in Sunday school are are following the same trajectory. So they're learning the same stories on Wednesday nights and on Sunday mornings um, to just sort of reinforce this. And and again make this part of our story because it is part of our story, right? This is the story of, of God at work in the world and God working through God's people. And, and we are grafted into this story, but it's, it's helpful to know where we're, where we came from, um, to know where we are today, to know where we're going. And so, yeah. Yeah. And it also, um, this doesn't necessarily relate to this particular passage, but it, uh, does kind of so we're talking about um, uh, there's also a passage in Hebrews that recounts a lot of these things and and we're talking about okay so like what does this tell us about like, the history of people with God and oh well I like you know, all these folks had <clears throat> one of the confirmants that you know all these folks had ups and downs um, but they still stuck with God or stuck with them. And, and knowing all of that history then in some ways helps us to have the confidence or the perseverance or the whatever it is to make it through our own ups and downs or, or our own moments of doubts or our own moments of whatever it might be. Yeah. Like, um, it's good to be rooted in something, I guess. And, uh, and knowing these stories that these are our roots. Um, and so it's, I think it's important to know them. Yeah. But that's, uh, that's some good insight from your confirmants. <laughs> yeah. They're good. They're a fun group. Good. They're a little chatty, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, my daughter is in that group and I'm sure she's uh, one of the chatty ones, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's just a different vibe <laughs> from last year's group to this year's group. I bet. Yeah. So yeah, but it's all good. They're good. Uh, but you're not preaching this on Sunday. I'm not. Um, Neither am I. This is actually a good transition into our announcements. Uh, so let's uh, let's let's do that. Um, so yeah, we're gonna have a guest preacher on Sunday. Uh, a child of this church who grew up in this church, Anne Phelps, and uh, she went to Hastings College, and then from there she went to uh, Yale Divinity School and uh, studied sacred music. While she was studying sacred music at Yale Divinity School, she got together with some of her classmates and they formed a group called the Theodicy Jazz Collective. 
And over time, uh, they all went off and uh, went into ministry and continued their group and recruited some professional jazz musicians. And so what they do is they bring together a professional jazz group and they talk about the intersection of sacred music and theology and jazz. Yeah. And so that's, uh, that's what Anne is going to be here doing this weekend with the group, the Theodicy Jazz Collective, and Anne will be preaching on Sunday. And she was actually excited to preach on the Deuteronomy text. This was uh, like, she thought this was actually really a fun mm-hmm. one, and it will tie in well to what she <clears throat> wants to talk about relative to jazz and sacred music and yeah. um, things that are beyond my comprehension, but she will make <laughs> them comprehensible, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that's... A little bit of announcement about this Sunday, but it's not just this Sunday. We have a whole, we're calling it the Presbyterian Jazz Weekend. Um, So this group, the Theodicy Jazz Collective, is coming in for sort of a mini residency. They're going to come in on Thursday and hold a workshop with Hastings College vocal jazz students. On Friday, they're going into Hastings Public Schools, and they're going to do a jazz workshop with Hastings Middle School students. Uh, And then Friday night, uh, we've rented out the Lark, uh, a downtown concert venue here in Hastings, And uh, the Hastings College vocal jazz students are going to get to perform on stage with these professional jazz musicians that are here as part of the Theodicy Jazz Collective. And so that's a free concert open to the public for jazz, vocal jazz. We hope you can join us for that. That's Friday night at the Lark. Saturday night, the whole jazz group is going to be here. It's an eight-piece band. And Saturday night, we're going to have a concert in our sanctuary that will be this professional jazz group one of which is a Grammy award-winning musician, by the way. Mm, okay. Uh, and they're going to be joined by our chancel choir and by the Hastings College Choir uh, singing. Yep. And so that's going to be a really wonderful concert in our sanctuary Saturday night at 7 p.m. And then Sunday morning, uh, we're doing a full jazz service. Uh, start to finish, the 1030 service will uh, be our chancel choir and this professional jazz group, and it's going to be a really wonderful morning in the life of the church uh, with Ann Phelps providing the sermon on this Deuteronomy <coughs> passage. So that is this weekend, Presbyterian Jazz Weekend. Join us for all of it. Come on Friday, come on Saturday, come on Sunday. Get your jazz fix for the year, perhaps. <laughs> well, uh, that might be my jazz fix for like a decade. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, for you, for others, it'd be, you know, just... Just another Saturday uh, night. Yeah, a drop in the bucket, you know. <laughs> um, so that's... The jazz is happening at the 10.30 service. Correct. On Sunday morning. The 8.30 service will be the contemplative service. Correct. Um, I don't... Is there any jazz at the... It's, okay. No. At the 8.30... So the 8.30 service will continue as as usual this coming Sunday morning. And the folks from Theodicy, uh, we're, we're also going to have them doing some sort of a forum on that morning as well during the Sunday school hour at 9.15. So uh, hopefully uh, Anne will be able to explain their, the name of the collective. That's what I'm most curious about, why they named themselves Theodicy Jazz. I have lots of theories, but um, some... Less cynical than others. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, uh, but I'm sure that there's a really interesting reason for that. So, I'm, I'm curious about that. So, that they'll be doing forum on Sunday morning as well. So, yeah. So, that covers us for that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. 
Let's see. We've got um, Wednesday Night Live, which is our uh, programming for our children and youth, and that is in full swing. And so uh, we encourage you all to be here. Uh, bring your kids at 5 o'clock from 5 to 5.30. We have a meal mm-hmm. for children and their families. Uh, so you don't yes. need to just drop your kids off. You're welcome to stay for the meal. Yeah. Um, and then from 5.30 to 7.15, we have programming that includes uh, choir, bell choir, Bible study time, and some fellowship time. So uh, that is Wednesday nights from 5 to 7.15. Uh, and that's happening this week. Um, we're also uh, celebrating our 150th anniversary of a church as a church this year. And uh, as part of our 150th anniversary celebration, we're doing a little capital campaign. Hopefully you all have heard about this. We sent information home a few weeks ago, um, and we're currently just sort of talking about it. Uh, and in I think next week, we'll be sending out uh, pledge forms for people to make a pledge to the capital campaign. Um, and so stay tuned for that. But uh, this past Sunday, we had a really beautiful testimonial about the capital campaign and what it'll mean for Brett uh, in his role as the director of the choral programs at Hastings College. And the fact that the one of the themes of the capital campaign is hospitality and welcome, and we'll be able to fix up some of our spaces, which will make it an even more hospitable and welcoming place for the Hastings College Choir and the Hastings College Music Program to be over here um, to be a gift to the whole community. And so one of the great gifts of this capital campaign will be making our space more hospitable, accessible, and welcoming for our larger community. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I think that... Uh, pledge cards for that will be going out this month. Yes. Sometime. I think next week. Okay. As well as a separate pledge card for the annual stewardship campaign. Correct. And thank you for that reminder. Yeah. So we're, we still need to fund the church budget this year in addition to funding the capital campaign. And uh, we hope that people will understand that distinction and will continue to give faithfully and generously to our church's annual budget uh, for our stewardship campaign, uh, as well as uh, hopefully given over and above gift to the capital campaign. Yeah. And that'll kind of get us through October and then some other just kind of found out we're in October. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then as we look forward to November, we'll have, uh, we'll honor All Saints Day again this year mm-hmm. and then we'll get in, kind of start sneaking up on on Advent activities. So um, we, we'll have a, a family sort of craft morning or afternoon sort of a thing we'll hang the greens we'll do lots of good stuff as well so but we can provide more details on that as we get closer to those things so absolutely anything else i think we've covered it all all right Should I closing close prayer yeah let's do that let's uh let's pray god we thank you for this ancient text from deuteronomy that means so much to so many people particularly to our jewish sisters and brothers but also to us as we reflect on the foundations the building blocks of the story of you and your work in this world god as well as your work with your people may we strive to be your people this week may the words that we read in Deuteronomy, inspire us to love you with our whole heart, mind, and soul, and, uh, and to also love our neighbors as ourselves. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Well then, with all those things said and done, until next time, toodaloo.